Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week we got friend of the program Vic Bermudez joining us to talk the Heat making it to the second round. We got the NFL draft happening. We have the Panthers heading into the playoffs. Boxing has some great events, and of course we're talking UN football and baseball. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Just gotta warm it up, dog. I gotta warm it up. I can't just just jump into the deep end like that. You're, you're not as uh, as, as oh, young as prize as oh, you once man. were. Um, bro, what a dope episode we got for you people today. We oh, got yeah. Victor Bermudez. How many Emmys are coming up to the house now? It's, it's, uh, we, we, we still we're, we're still work, working on. We them? only got two, but we're we're, we're working nominated. on the third. And uh, by the end of May, we should have another one locked Let's up. Let's get it, man. That's that's, that's awesome. my thought. Hit the horn for my dog. You're competing against yourselves when you're nominated for two out of the. You know, you have two out of the five nominations. Um, we're proud of that. Hopefully, we're able to secure one more. And um, three three is my goal. Three is my anything after that is just cherry on on, on, on top, the top of the cake. But. Three is, I think I got three kids, so one for each kid. Um, it's a I nice to, little, that's a way to put that, it. That's, that's a good way to, way hey, to put you know, it. I wasn't, you know, I was away a lot. I missed a couple football games. I missed some practices. I missed some cheerleading um, competitions, but it was all because I was uh, working for the betterment of my children. And, no and doubt. That's, that's a, my, no pun intended, that's a trophy to hand them over to them, let them know, hey. Hey, I mean, that, what, that kid was, is, what kid is going to complain about an Emmy coming into your room? He's like, here, put that in there. This is where you work towards, okay? Like, I mean, if they don't know what, do what it is, here. they might just use it as a paperweight. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> you said anything after that is a cherry on top. Well, I, I see several cherries on top of your Sunday, so, bro, because you God, are God not only one of the best at what you do, but yes, sir, you are one of the hardest working people that I've ever met. Vic. In and my I mean life. That, no doubt, like. I see you on Instagram. I see you hustling. I see you moving, doing shit. And, and the, you know, those Emmys, they, they're, um, they're, they're accurate. They're, you know what I mean? As they're far as everything you put hell. in, they're deserved. Exactly. That's Appreciate what I'm trying that, to say. Appreciate that, man. I, I've always said, um, look, I'm, I'm honest with myself. Um, and, and working in this business, you come across some really smart folks. Folks that have graduated from big-time universities. Florida has a great um, you know, communications department. There's Syracuse. There's a bunch of places. Miami has a great one. Right. So... I'm honest with myself, man. I'm not. I'm not competing with these guys. I'm. I'm. I've accepted who I am. I'm never going to be the smartest man in the room, but I will always, and that is on anything, will always be the hardest worker in the room. Oh yeah. So I will make up for whatever you know I may lack in 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 that field. But it, this is just a business where you got to grind in, grind like day in day out, and I'm willing to do that. I work today. With the two Emmys, with everything that I've accomplished, as if I was still an intern at NBC Six, I remember what those days were like. Uh, I I just I was with Joe Rose at the spring game a couple of weeks ago, and I thanked him because I remember interning for Joe Rose, and Joe was one of those guys that taught me how to work in this business. Joe Rose would be traveling on Sunday with the Miami Dolphins; they would land around maybe nine p.m., ten thirty. He would be in Miramar at NBC at for eleven thirty sports final, and that just that right there. It, Taught me, man. This this is what it's gonna take in this business. And, and Joe was doing that to just a few years ago. That and was then just, wake and up and do the example. morning show. Wake up the next day and do the morning show. God forbid you miss the Monday after a, a Dolphin game. So credit to him, and that that was one of my mentors. There's been a ton: Mark Hockman, George Sedano. Like man, I can go. Sid Rosenberg, of course. He put me on the map. But there's Damn, been a ton of guys. Out Channing, dog. Uh, 
Man, <laughs> Channing better be shouting me out. Chan- I, was, uh, I was actually with Channing the first time uh, he was like on a full radio appearance. He had his own show every Monday uh, with Zach Krantz. And then, but then he went to Radio Row with us one, one week and spent a lot of time with us. And then I remember when he got on the air, I was his, one of his first producers. We had a ton of conversations. I knew that from the first week I worked with him. You want to talk about someone who's hard yeah, working. Channing's another one. And on top of that, a student of the game. Like everything we did to this day. Still does a show like that, no pad and pen. That's me. To this day. And everything is handwritten. Like, there's no notes on an iPad or anything. He's still very old school. Um, Channing is one of those. You, you, as a producer, you look at everything as a project. And you never know what's going to work. And I remember working with Channing uh, from as early as, like, Coop and Crowder days. And yeah, then with Brandon Guzio. And then you just knew he was a star. And I always told him, you have a ton of credibility. Because six-year career in the NFL, that, that's a lot. Those, yeah. those careers tend to last, last no more than three years. Yeah, the average NFL position. career is what, two? He, two, he gets three a years? bad rep for, you know, just not the, the linebacker. They thought he would be coming out of S- the SEC All American, two time All American, three time All SEC. But that guy did enough in my he, book. He had, had a lot of phenomenal career, top to bottom. Yeah, if it's, you it's are six if, years. Especially here in Miami, more more case in point, right? Because th- he got drafted here, and he yeah. was a part uh, part of a bigger project, and he did his part. Yep. There was never really games where you're like, "Damn, we lost this game because of Channing Crowder." Hell no, not ever. You well, know maybe I mean? the Saints game that Jeremy Shockey just scored all over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Jeremy <laughs> freaking Shockey. Come on, or Dallas Clark up the middle. On, Come on. I think like on Thursday, even though he'll, he'll say that wasn't his assignment, but I, I like to give him a hard time. But he's one of those guys, man. Just uh, has meant a lot to me in my career because that's a real one, man. Like, yeah, Channing's one of those real dudes. Real dude. Um, yeah, man. And, uh, you know, it's, it's dope that we're finally in the room together to like knock this podcast yeah. out. It's when been was the last minute. time we were all together? Was this at Empire that we were all three sitting Probably. together? Yeah, Probably. it was. It was. I think yeah. it was prior to, um, the beginning of the NBA season. I Correct. think prior to the Panther season. Um, Probably right prior to the hurricane season. Yes. I think it was right at the beginning, right maybe around. the summer, September, early September around there. Yes, because you were, I remember you were wearing your UM jacket, yeah. the white one. And I was <laughs> like, oh, this guy out here stunning on the people, <laughs> you know, stunning on the people. But we were jamming that night at Empire. Shout out to Frisco. Sure. Um, shout out to Empire 365 and all that good stuff. Uh, we're, we're here to talk about some dope stuff ourselves. We had an amazing weekend in sports. We got an amazing week in sports heading yeah, up, right? Big time locals. Big time local week for, for, for Miami. Huge. And it, and it all kicks off with our favorite team, the Miami Heat. Now, we saw them, you know, get through the first round, beating Phil- uh, Atlanta four games to one. Joel called the gentleman sweep. Called um, it. I had that to the compilation coming up. But, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really thought that we should have swept them, right? And game three is evidence of that because yeah. we let that game get away from us in a game that we dominated for three quarters. We let them get back in and then ultimately. One point loss on the road. One point loss on the road, but, but two really bad possessions to end the yeah, game, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And that shit killed us. Here's I mean, cra- it could have been worse. You could not have been able to inbound the ball on the last play, you know? Hey. hey. <laughs> here's so a, cra- here's the crazy thing, hey. though. You know, one of the big things that I was that I had said is the reason why I was going to be a gentleman's seat was it's the NBA man any given day right like any given sure. Sunday you're a professional team you're in the playoffs it's not easy to sweep a team bro. it's not nah. but then we look back and the Nets got swept and I'm like bro there goes my theory bro you got K- Kyrie and KD and those boys just got straight swept I told you they wouldn't last that first you, round you, you called that but it goes to show how much chemistry means in the playoffs absolutely I, I, I always think that the teams that have great success in the NBA playoffs are the ones that, that come in hot 
And you just never felt like at any point this year, did anyone feel the Nets were, Mm-mm. man, we got to, you, you just never knew who was going to be on the court. Nope. nope. And, and on, on top of that, like, just to really wrap up on the Nets, like, when they started off the season, they were one of those strong teams that teams, other teams looked at and were like, damn, that's going to be one of the teams you got to face in the East. A lot of people. A lot of people. And it's going to be the team to beat. But as the season progressed and KD got hurt, James Harden is missing games. They trade this dude. Um, Kyrie Irving can't play here. Go for only play there. Like a lot of things were happening. There's a lot of bad juju around that to team. break up that chemistry. You know what I mean? And that's why they ultimately got swept by a team like mm-hmm. Boston, who's very unified right now. Right. Heading into the postseason and whatnot. Yeah. They just lost their first game though. Against they the got Bucks. they lost to the Bucks, yeah. you know. And and Philadelphia was in a bigger struggle than we were. Right, we went to the five games and we were like, we beat them in game five, ninety seven, ninety four. Ultimately, came down to a defensive possession where we got a bucket and we had to get two back to back stops, and we were able to do so. And they couldn't even inbound the ball, like Vic said. Uh, now Philadelphia, that, old, Eric, that, that Miami Heat, Eric Sprosa defense, because that man doesn't get enough credit, bro. In my, in my eyes, how has he not won a Coach of the Year? Though, look, man, I, I think it was ex- perfectly said after the the Hawks um, series. <clears throat> this is a team that, like Trey Young has said it, and you need to figure out Miami's defense. And this is a, a, a organization that prides itself on defense. I mean, from from the Big Three era prior, it's just something that they they've always done. Right. You better be able to match that. And if you can't, you're going to have a hard time with the Miami Heat because it's first and foremost on the defensive end that they just crush guys. And they, they're able to not only crush guys, but, like, really stifle your star player. So now yeah. you're you're losing your best option, that, right? The, well, the guy you're like depending that they on. The three-man switch on Trey Young, yep. and he goes from Bam to, like, we talked about that on last week's man. show. That, that, that is that crazy is, to see that. Yes, that's, that's coaching right there. That's yeah. next-level coaching. Sure. Because, again, Eric Spolster comes from that... Like Vic knows yeah, that, tree. That, that tree where it's like I'm grinding from this video room. I'm going to watch thousands and thousands of hours of tape and get enough knowledge that when I run into a situation, I can rely on it. And not only that, I can tell the kid who's working for me at that point, hey, look for this. Find me tendencies that have this. Yeah. And that's what Spolster excels in. Yeah. And that's what we saw in that last possession, you know, where we were able to stifle them defensively. Now... This next matchup against Philadelphia, who beat Toronto 4-2, four games to two, um, but it cost them a lot, right? It cost them a lot because we saw Joel Embiid get hurt, broken orbitable, out indefinitely. They don't know how many games he's going to play. nasty elbow to the face. We, we talk about coaching. We, we were just hitting on coaching. How with three minutes and 29 seconds left in the game, up 29, that guy's Joel Embiid's still there. Look, and, and I get it. I, I heard Doc mention, you know, they normally take him out around the, the two-minute mark and just... A lot of teams do that. Probably just got away from him. He thought he was going to be... But that is... That's going to cost him. Prime example. That's going to cost him. And, and to me, uh, and I'll be careful when I say this, because I know how I ru- might rub some people the wrong way. I mean, we're, we're, we're Miami County, podcast, this day so County, I probably Doc. won't. This is Dade County, I think right Doc here. Rivers might be one of the most overrated coaches. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you can't win in, in, in a Los Angeles... You, you have one title, which you needed the big three in, in Boston to do so. Uh, you haven't really won elsewhere. And just gets all this praise. And, and granted, he's a good coach. I'm not saying he's not. Look look what he's done with, with, with Philadelphia. But right. there's just some boneheaded moves that you make. And then they've put you on this pedestal as if you know you're like even up to par with the Spolsters of the world. I, I think Spolster has started to separate himself from Morales' active coaches. You give Pop credit for everything Pop has done, Facts. but Pop had a bunch of Hall of Famers with him as well. Yeah. Right. Granted, granted. Three. 
Granted, three, three Spolster for longer had than a few of those. But three, Chris Bosh already being one. Dwayne Wade's going to be a Sherlock Hall of Famer, and, and let's not even mention LeBron James. I don't think Plus, he gets the it. The plethora of other guys, Shane Battier, and, and and all those guys. But what is being done now, post Big Three era by Oof. Eric Spolstra, it's just phenomenal. It's it's really pleasant to see because he's solidifying himself as, if not the best coach in the NBA, top top three. I, I don't know how you would. I, well, I mean, who do you the, put above him? Who bro, you, who, right there's now, nobody. I mean, there's well, there's a couple guys that I would put up there with. with I like Steve, Steve Kerr. I'm a big fan of Steve Kerr. Granted, okay. he has the best players in the world on Thank that yeah, team. That's, but that's, you can you can also have the best players in the world and, and not make it work. Like, sure, he, and, and he and does everything. Like those all guys, those conversations yeah. that he has on the bench with staff and like those moments that we've seen from him. Like we, you know, he's a player first. And then he's a coach. So, but like, is he, is, I give him those props. But is it him or is it, like, what percentage do you give him credit in that in that relationship between a guy like Curry and Steph Curry? Because Steph Curry is generationally one of the greatest players yeah, that I've I'm, ever Yeah, I'm not played. here to quantify, you know, where credit is so due, then, but my, I'm saying the he's a good why, coach. You, I, you I can mess you. that up. You good can coach. have LeBron James good and coach. a and great, you know, I, team. I think and, and and if, if he's not already, he's flirting with the word great. Yeah. The thing is, he is great because – not only has he been able to stay with the same franchise, right, the whole length of his career, from top, from the bottom all the way to the top of what he's been doing, right? He's been successful. He's had bad years. He's been able to bounce back and always keep the team relevant, competitive, and in the mix, meaning in the mix for a playoff spot or even in the first round, bouncing the second round, whatever. But we're always, that's the target, winning, being the best, winning, trying to find a way, trying to find a way to win. Right. And he's always done it with, Sometimes really, really great pieces, but most of the times, okay pieces, good pieces that can be coached to do better. And that's where I think Eric has separated himself a long time ago because he's been able to do more with less. We won't know how great Eric Spolster is because he loves the Miami Heat. No, I feel bad and, for the next he, coach. He is, they've made a commitment to Eric Spolster. I don't believe he's ever going to go anywhere, um, especially right now. And I've heard Jeff Van Gundy, I remember Jeff Van Gundy would tell this to Sedano, and I think Tim Legler has mentioned it as well. If Eric Spolster right now was to test the market, he may become the highest paid coach in the NBA. He would have more than half the league crazy for even that guy. willing to fire or part ways with who they currently have as their coach because he's that good. It goes un, you know, unnoticed because to us, he's just born and raised, not born and raised, but literally brought up through the, the ranks as a video coordinator and, and what he's done. And we, you know, who couldn't we win take with the big three? Then you have the push gate with, with LeBron. So we've never, I don't think locally, Eric Spolster has ever received the credit he, he no, should. We take him for but granted. I think nationally, um, he's I don't think we take him for granted. I think nationally, he's, he's like he's, you guys are saying, he's underrated. I will say Just that. Just like the Heat were... We're not. I mean, we're the number one seed, man. True. And they're still and talking about other teams. They're still talking about Giannis. They were still talking about Brooklyn. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, it's the same. The same sentiment across the board, not just for the team, but for the coaching staff as well. And we know what we got. I will say this though: for like, there there are a lot of Heat fans that I know personally that aren't big fans of Spoke. Makes no and, sense. And I don't yeah, get it. A lot. You know what I mean? There's a lot. But, That's what I don't understand. But either. we'll see his mastermind come to work this series, right? We got a big series against Philadelphia. We're going to be home um, starting tonight. It's Monday. Yep. We're recording this right podcast. You guys are going to know the result of the game tomorrow. Um, but what I'm expecting is a really good showcase of how to get it done, no matter what the circumstances are. We know that Embiid is out. We know that Kyle Lowry is out for game one, possibly game two, right? Because it's a hamstring. Like, 
how quickly can you recover from a hamstring? We've seen guys miss six months from pulling a hamstring. Um, Jimmy Butler dealing with the knee issue. Maybe maybe he is able to play and get some rest. A lot depends on these first two games at home where we got to get the dub and really assure ourselves of, man, not only getting the two victories at home, but making sure that we put the 76ers in a tough, tough spot and kind of force MB to come back earlier than what he thinks he can come back. Right and say, damn, the heater down, the heater up too old, heading to Philadelphia. Get, uh, Embiid might just play this game to give Philadelphia a chance because you lose that game three to Miami Heat on the road. Like, I'm sorry, but there's a good chance that we're sweeping you. Yeah, because we're not gonna want to come back to play another game at home. So, let's see, man. I, I mean, Vic, how do you see the series going? I got the Heat winning in five games because I don't think Embiid's gonna be able to come back from his injury. Oh. And and James Harden isn't good enough basically to carry that team. He's just trash I, I couldn't agree with you more and i think it's not of who's out for the heat it's the fact that they have the mvp of the season mm. out for indefinitely who knows when he comes back from that injury they just don't have the supporting pieces like miami does how do you right. replace 28 points per game i, I almost at seven you. feet one 250 so you're gonna pounds. lose the you're, you're a team built obviously in the paint because of who joel Embiid is you lose that so now Bam's going to have a, 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 or should have a, a good outing, a good series. Right. And you're asking James Harden, who you made the trade for. You're asking him to do something he's no, he no longer is doing. He's not the James Harden we had, we've seen from the Houston Rockets who would put up 28 points, average 28 points per game in the playoffs with Houston. Last 12 games, James Harden hasn't reached or, or surpassed 22 nope. games in his points. playoff games. Right. So you're asking a team to do something that they're not known for that's out of character for them while you have a somewhat healthy Miami Heat or, or that knows how to play and, and take advantage. So coaching advantage, I, I already said I'd, I'd give it to Miami. Right. And then just the fact that you lose your most valuable player. Like if we were to lose ours, I don't know. No, we're, we're, maybe I, 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 wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say gentlemen sweep if the we, other way around. but Jimmy. I, that's a that's a big problem for the Heat right You're now. You're asking a lot of Philadelphia. You're asking a lot yeah. of that team. No, I, I, I what, you, you what do you got right there? in five or six? I'd say five. It all depends on how on soon Embiid, Embiid, Embiid comes, comes back. back. But look, if he doesn't come back, I, I wouldn't be five surprised games. with a sweep at all. Yeah. What about you, Joel? Well, what I was going to say, what I don't agree with is Jimmy hurting us. So mm. as far as equaling what. Embiid equals to them what it means to them. I think we lose Jimmy and everybody else is healthy. We've seen these boys. Lauer being out. We've seen them dig wins out. You know what I'm saying? We've seen them go, you know, our unlikely heroes step up and and do their thing. True. I got no concern. Granted, I don't want it to happen because Jimmy out there makes the game a whole different ballgame. That's a good point considering what what happened against Atlanta. But it means that much more to them than any sure. one player means to us, and no. that's just that, that's a, that's credit to Embiid, man. What what he's been able to do. But with that said, you know he's out right now. I I, I know we're gonna take uh, these first couple games, depending what he's gonna do. But I'm I'm gonna say Heat and six in this series. Okay, and and that's contingent on I'm gonna say Embiid does come back to play. Yeah, you figure he comes back he for has one to. game. He has he's, to. he's not Ben Simmons. I'm gonna sit on the bench. He, he's a dog. He's gonna go out there if he can. If his legs are working, he's gonna go out there and he's gonna play. And I think that's what's gonna happen. I think you know they, they're they're gonna try to hold it off as long as possible and see what happens. It's gonna get out of hand for them. They're gonna bring him back. And then things might get interesting then. I mean, Philadelphia is really in a tough spot. Six and eight this season without Joel Embiid. So that's already a bad spot. Um, James Harden, when he's the guy who has to take the most shots on the, on the team this year, uh, shooting 39% from the field, fourth 
lowest against Miami Heat, right? Against any team. And then on top of that, your best player, uh, the Heat are 32 and 12 on the season, including the playoffs at home. Um, and your best player this playoffs or most consistent players besides Embiid has been Danny Green. You know, he just made 16 threes in that series. Danny Green at times has been our Achilles he's heel. A, he's a Heat killer. So he that's is. why I mentioned him because I know that guy's a Heat thank, killer. But thank you for I, mentioning him because I, I hate that guy. <laughs> I think it still bodes well for the Heat. And I think they're still going to be able to pull it off in five no matter what. It's yep. not going to matter. I'm it's not going to matter. Um, Vic, you were in Vegas this past weekend, bro. Yeah, sure was, my man. And I'm heading right back to Vegas this yes, weekend. Yes, sir. Um, man, you got to see two cool-ass events out there. You saw a boxing match. I did, yeah. And you got to see the NFL draft and check that out. Talk to me a little bit about that NFL draft setup in Vegas, man. Was yeah, it dope? man, I, I got to double dip on two things I, I feel I do best in, in, in my line of business, which is the NFL and, and obviously boxing. Mm. Um. Look, one, I was not a big fan of the NFL setup. Vegas, if you've been to Vegas, obviously yeah. you both have. It's just not built to hold something the magnitude of, nah. of the draft. It's too many It was people. very inconvenient. There was garages didn't want to provide event parking. I mean, I'm getting into too many details as far as like the behind the scenes, but the Still, turnout was it's great. It's a lot of people. Um, the, the, the NFL has huge success with putting the draft now on locations like that, moving from radio, maybe I'm, I'm dating myself of how old I am when they used to have it at the Radio City Music Hall all the time. Yeah. Um, next year, I've heard it was going to be in Kansas City. So that that's crazy. Just the fact that it's become, yeah, Kansas City. Imagine at wow. Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. They're just wow. looking at different locations, um, and and it works. They had they it at Tennessee a couple years ago. Stirring up, you know. They had it at Cleveland last year, and that's how big the NFL is. It's huge business. In addition to where we were at in Vegas, they had watch parties in Mexico all over the the, the world. Brazil, like the Dolphins were, made a pick in Brazil. It, it's insane the way the how much inter, it, the NFL is loved internationally. It is by far. I mean, we know the NBA is a global sport, but what the NFL is doing it's crazy. is impressive, man. And when you attend some of these events, it is insane the attention it gets and how much people gravitate towards it. Because they were from all over the world. You saw every single team represented extremely well with you know multiple jerseys from, from each team. Dope. Um, and you, just, you get the sense when you're there, like the NFL knows what they're doing. Dope. Um, well, old machine, that's for sure. Yeah. No, the NFL is number one yeah. for a reason, exactly. right? Because Everything they're they on 24-7, literally 365. Every day you're going to get a little smudging of NFL news. A player got cut, a player's thinking about getting Hopkins today, bro. A couple six, minutes ago. Six games? Like, six. That's PEDs. insane, man. Gotti. Yeesh. Gotti. I mean, stop. look, it's, it's the NFL. It's not crazy for people getting popped for performance enhancing. No, but it's and, as you said, you know? man, it's every day there's something. There's something. But every, every day, day there's something, something to talk about. And it's crazy because even during, a, you know, what should be now a dead period, it, it, it's no longer, it no longer is. Like oh, OTAs, man. you know, camps are, are about to start. And, and just you want, you can't have enough information when it comes to your team about the NFL. And that's insane. And, and that's, nope. all, that's all thanks to social media, yep. you know, yep. this right here, podcasting, you know, the internet. Because sure. before it was like, all right, NFL season's over. Like, you know, growing up, it was like, all right, well, you hear, think, hear Newspaper. like things here and there, the ESPN or whatever. But like, you didn't have it in front of you all the time. Like now you can literally just follow your team yeah. all year round. Look, know? I mean, one I of the things is it, it, Roger Goodell, for as much as fans love to boo him on stage and give him a hard time. He loves it. And the owners love him. Yeah. There was no NFL network prior to Roger Goodell. Like the things that he has done for that league is Billions. insane. Billions a, of a, dollars. A brilliant mind. Billions. Um, you know, he he is tough on, on certain suspensions and things like that. But nowadays, maybe he was ahead of the curve. 
with you know being tough on on certain domestic things violence. Like domestic violence and things like that and yeah. now we're seeing other you know we're seeing it in baseball with the Dodgers and the two year suspension for for the Dodgers starting pitcher was it even in soccer Trevor you know Mason yeah. Greenwood getting kicked so off to Man United he's just ahead of the curve man and and owners love that man I mean he. I don't know if it's, he's worth the 40, 50 million a year. He, he Allegedly, makes, I'm sure it makes more, yeah. bro. But but look, I just said it. He's making these guys billions, if not getting close to trillions. When you see what it's of done, when, when you see <clears throat> what it's what he has done for the NFL, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a witness of it just this past weekend. That Las Vegas was insane. And you're, you're now, you have cities fighting for for certain things like we want a Super Bowl. Hey, now now it's not just Super Bowl. We want an NFL draft, and and a team that like Kansas City, you would never host a Super Bowl. You just can't. The no. weather doesn't permit it. No, yeah. who I wants mean, to go to even who even then, you said Kansas Cleveland? City for next year. You know, yeah, the draft is April. I was just in Michigan. I know it's not Abs- uh, yeah. Michigan's further north, but, but it's cold. Dog, it was 25, 22 degrees on. Tuesday last week when I was yeah. there and snowing. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't imagine, like Kansas City, I know it also gets cold. I can't imagine. Sure it does, yeah. Like they, that's why they got to just keep it all down here, bro. Yo, keep it all in Miami. Nah, just do but it look, at the hard that, rock. That's the problem with the NFL. There's not one place that they can go to that the rest of the fans won't follow. There's not one place. There's not one place on this planet that they, the NFL says, hey, we're going here and nobody shows up. No, not even that. They're, they got fans everywhere. Everywhere. So people, people are going to pull up no matter what. No matter what. And and again, it's like what Vic said. You know, it's such a spectacle. And Goodell has done such an amazing job of turning the up the entertainment value of the NFL. And everything that, you know, it entails is like... I'm kind of happy that the NFL is the number one sport right now. You know what I mean? Because it, it keeps me entertained. It keeps things like this going. And there's always something to talk about. Um, and locally, we got something to talk about because the Dolphins didn't have any picks in those first two rounds. We had to wait until day two to make a pick, which was weird as hell. But we kind of made some moves with those first-round picks. I think we got Tyreek Hill and a dude named Teron Armstead. It's about time you start doing with those first-round picks. Hey, start look, doing something with those first-round picks. We're you, getting there. You weren't hitting on them for quite some time. But now, now we did. You know, we got Waddle. No, no, no we, you we, didn't. We, you we, traded away one to get in return. But, uh, you know, a 28-year-old receiver, which he, he Probably he takes, one of the best in the NFL yeah, right now. Yeah, takes a lid off of any, you know, off. Or, or any stadium because of just the explosive part. Trust me, I know firsthand being a Buffalo Bill fan with Tyreek <laughs> Hill could do to huh? especially yep. with 13 <laughs> seconds left. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. You yeah. brought it up yourself. You yeah. did it to yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm dog, honest with myself, man. I, I hear just, you. Um, I hear you. Uh, Tyreek Hill is a huge improvement to the offense here, right? And then, more importantly, something that the fans wanted to see, they upgraded at the offensive line. They signed, uh, uh, well, they signed Teron Armstead to be a tackle, which we desperately needed to back to really take care of any quarterback we put back there, right? And on top of that, we got another center to add more depth into it. So heading into the draft, a lot of Dolphins fans thought that we were going to try to solidify the offensive line a little bit more. But we kind of didn't do I that. I did as well. I did as well. I, th- I thought that was a a, a desperate a very need, need right? for for Miami. And I understand, yes, you signed the best offensive lineman available at the time. Right. Um, but the truth is he hasn't played over 12 games in, in quite a few years now. Um, he's injury prone, and but I think he's going to be less prone to injuries here, right? And I'll tell what, you what, why. What makes you believe that? Because the turf, and the heat, turf, turf itself, that's playing fair. on grass is is you know that, that, a that's lot a easier point, for but for, I just, for big dudes, right? If we're talking about the speedy dudes on the outside, it doesn't make a goddamn difference, right? But if we're talking about uh, like for big men who are just shuffling over and over again, yeah, man, that turf is going to be rough to get some type of. 
you know, any type of support, it's going to be a little bit different. And I'm not saying this guy's going to play 16 games just because he's playing on grass. He still has to travel and play eight games somewhere else. But um, I, I just feel like that is what led to lower leg injuries for him. And I think he's going to be able to avoid that. But for the draft, it was crazy because they went on the defensive side first and they got that kid, Channing Tillman from Georgia, a badass outside linebacker, had played some rush, edge rush, um, Got some crazy stats. It feels like half the league got someone from Georgia, didn't it? Bro, yo, <laughs> so yo. many people, so many players out of Georgia. I thought they were coming all, for the record. Studs, though. Every time yeah. one of them kept yeah. going, I'm like, damn, that kid. I mean, stud. Buffalo got a running back, so I'm, yeah. I'm happy about that one. Georgia yeah. backs are always yeah, pretty good, kid. man. Oh, he's, he's where he's where, what college? High school His cousin Dalvin Cook. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so that's right. That's a South Florida boy. Um, the impressive, the most impressive thing that I found about Channing is his ability to cover. Man, he in two hundred and four passes attempts against him, he only allowed seventy two yards in college. Now, granted, he's playing on a really good defense on college, right? Yeah. Georgia, a team that won the national championship. But still, that means that he can hold his own, right? right? And and being an inside linebacker, you're going to find yourself against a tight end that's probably really athletic, really tall, probably just as strong as you, and you're going to have to hang with them. Dolphins are really going to be in need of guys like that to face people like this guy's team over here, you know? The Bills, the Chiefs, all these AFC West teams that we're going to be playing this year. It's like... It's going to be a really important position, and I'm glad that we were able to solidify that linebacker position. And because it was we a position it. of need. So we needed you know, it. You, you, Dolphins did what they addressed the majority of the issues they, they needed through the draft with what they had. Right. And so we also got to keep in mind that they weren't, it wasn't a, a good draft for, locally for, for the Miami Dolphins because of everything they've given away and how many picks um, they had. Right. But for what they did draft, you feel that they addressed situations that, that were that needed to be addressed. Absolutely. And look, that, that thing that I said about covering the tight ends is a real thing, man. They This guy that they picked has a 42-inch vert, number one, and throughout all linebackers, that's, like, huge because, again, he's a big guy, 6'2", 6', I think he's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, but when he jumps, you're adding that extra pers- pass coverage that you can do and it's not to say oh this guy's gonna get picks or something no but just be there defend dolphins need that dolphins defense need that we got the outside taken care of with our two corners and our safeties um we needed somebody to really hold down the middle and hopefully him baker uh raekwon they these guys really get to jail together and put a good core there um the second pick was a little baffling man we took a wide receiver yeah uh, that, uh, tell me about this guy because I saw I just saw a wide receiver and I'm like what what are we doing? Why are we getting another receiver? Like we have other positions we need to back up. And like what is what is going on? And, so, and that's why Bleacher Report gives you a C minus. I know you mentioned NFL Network gave you a B, mm-hmm. but it, it's there was some moves that you said oh this is a uh-huh. first year head coach. Yeah, yeah. And and Chris Greer, I don't trust Chris Greer in the draft. I just. I think well, he's a good free agency signing. GM, I think he knows how to move around picks. But as far as drafting players, I don't trust Chris Greer with any of those draft mm. picks. Well, it's not that you can't say that we trust him. It's just that his track record isn't the greatest, right? Yeah, right. So, so, so why would you trust so, him? But it's, if you look I mean, his at... His first if, three if, picks from last year panned out. And exactly. That's what I was going to say. Those, last, those, those picks alone probably put him in that 750 range as far as hitting on the... As far as hitting on the percentage of players that you're drafting and how good are they, right? Because Waddle's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that, uh, what's his kid? Javon Holland. Javon Holland is really, Jaylen really Phillips. good. Phillips is really, really good. Jalen Phillips started to come on 
At towards the, the end of the season. Slow. But, Started slow. Yeah. I gave him enough great But if we're talking about the next two, three years, of yeah. course he's going to make Chris there is a, There is a lot of positives you know? there in his game that we saw. Oh, Javon Holland had an immediate impact. And he's a, a big Waddle. fan of Jalen Phillips, man. That boy's from the U. Yep. He's a fan. Um, big fan of the U still. Was there at the spring game. So I got no beef with Jalen Phillips. But look, to, to bring it back to Eric. But uh, I'll take Gregory Russo over Jalen Phillips. I'm just I guess. I guess. But those guys are pretty much exactly the same, but whatever. Literally almost exactly the same. They ended up with the same. Same, Gregory fell same off stats, the end of right? the year. Gregory got off to a hard start. Hot, hot start. start. It Jaylen was like the complete opposite. But ended up lo- looking like with uh, with Eric. He has a hard last name to pronounce, but it's Izukanwa Kanma. Izukanwa. Glad you're saying that. Yeah, it's you're welcome. I practice. <laughs> he's our uh, he's our last name guy. Uh, uh, he led the Big Twelve uh, playing in Texas Tech in receptions in 2019. I thought that was big. He was a captain on the team since his freshman, true freshman year at college, being named the captain of your squad. Like, this kid is is almost like he was prepped to be a pro. And the thing that I liked the mo- most about him was this. Uh, he has big hands. They compared him to a guy like Chris Chambers, who we saw down here, be not the greatest, but a guy who can be really productive in a wide receiver group if you put other studs around him. If you're talking about a Chris Chambers playing with a Tyreek Hill and a Jalen Waddle, Chris you know, uh, Chris Chambers is going to look like a beast. And, so, he, and he had one of the best Reebok commercials of all time. Of all time. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Yo, that is I a classic. I used to love me some Chris Chambers, bro. When he left, when he went to the Chargers, that broke my heart, man. I guess. It didn't break my heart, but whatever. I, I love Chambers. Um, But he he played under five different QBs in those three years at Texas Tech. And he still was able to lead the Pac-10 in 2019. Um, He finished, I believe, with uh, 7.8 yard per uh, average. In Yak for the last three years. So not only does he make big catches, he made a lot of catches in the intermediary yards, 11 to 20 yards. So again, a guy who's in the pocket in the middle of the field making those tough catches has a big body and can still produce after that. He had three touchdowns last year over 45 yards after a catch. So he caught it and took it to the house for 45 yards. Nice. That's nice, right? Is this That's- a dude that I saw Dolphins posted that has braces? Yeah, man. He's a baby too, he's bro. A, he's a kid. I mean, man, he's young. That, that's all nice. It's all going to come down to produce on the field. That's it, it. It's all going to come down to the quarterback situation. It's all going to come down to can Tua make that leap in year three? But can I tell you something? I think that they're drafting and putting guys around him, right? Because we right, it's sink or swim. It's a sink it's, or it's swim. Year three, we know what we have moving forward. Right. Mike, Mike McDaniel s- said it during the the uh, after the draft. We won't know what we have until three years from now, right? Like three years from now, we'll be able to decide these guys because you know. Fourth year, you decide, okay, am I going to pick up that rookie option or, or not? And we saw a lot of that happen this offseason where a lot of rookies didn't get picked up on yes. their contracts. Like, look, Cleveland Brown knows, the Cleveland Browns know what they have in Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and they didn't sign him. The Jets knew what they had in Sam Darnold. You're about to find out, can your quarterback make that leap this year? You've surrounded him with all the right weapons, right? You got on the running backs. You got on the wide receiver. You got on the deep threat. Not even that. You, if more you importantly, can't you take got the, that leap now. And you, you, to me, to me, for uh, from looking from someone who roots for the Buffalo Bills within the division, if the Miami Dolphins don't make the playoffs this year, it's a bust. Facts. And you really have to start thinking about: Are we? Do we have a franchise quarterback? Do we have a game manager? Do we have someone who's just gonna? Because you guys, you know, are you back in the same boat as you were with Ryan Tannehill? Someone who's gonna make you the playoffs and maybe you know twice in in, in six years or so? Do you have a franchise quarterback? Because there's a team within the division that 
Art no, everybody's has trying one. The All top three. three quarterback in the, in the league. And I don't know about that. Because you don't think say, Josh Allen is the top three quarterback in the I'm, league? I'm saying not you guys. I'm talking about the other three, the other two teams. I'm talking about. Um, yeah, but you're not chasing those teams. I, I mean, if but, that's where you but, set the bar, then no, I no, think no. You're ch- everyone in the division is chasing the Buffalo Bills. Everybody, correct? right? So, so you need to have so, – and the only way you're going to beat the Buffalo Bills is if you have a quarterback that can go toe-to-toe, and we've seen it with Patrick Mahomes. Or we've have a defense it. that's really, really badass because that could work too. That's another question, Mark. I don't no know how way. good your defense you're is. You're crazy. Yeah, when you, I don't when know you're how talking good about, defense is. When you're talking about the Bills, the, the thing that comes to mind is not how, how our offense can produce. Obviously, there was question marks last year. I think we're, we're heading in a better direction. But right. The, the scary thing for me on your team is not just your defense. It's Josh Allen. We got to have an answer for Josh and Allen you don't. to have any success. And no, you as, have not had an answer for Josh. Yes, we have not had one. Not for the tit for tat it, on offense. It's right? like because Joel Embiid on the Sixers, dog. It's Correct. like these big body dudes. I swear to God, man, these no, big body real. dudes just oh, and dominate, he, and bro. Have you seen yeah. his photos recently flexing? Nice. Boy, he's putting on bro, some He's going to get hit for PED soon, when he, <laughs> He's going to get a six-game suspension. Nah, call it 12, bro. He's going to be gone for shit. Just the two against the Dolphins. Nah. Man, but you know that—that's the question right there. Is can we stop Josh Allen? But again, that's a whole other podcast that, that but, we can. Who have. can the Chiefs? But and the NFL. Well, well besides and, that, and the rule book. No, no, no the, the Chiefs couldn't. No, no, no. Let's take that back. Let's take hey. that back. The Chiefs couldn't stop Josh Allen. Hey. The Chiefs couldn't stop him in the regular season, no, they didn't. and they, they didn't. couldn't stop him in the playoffs. They now our defense didn't play like a top two hey. defense. We didn't play like the number one um, scoring defense. We didn't play like a, a, a number two, number one total defense. The defense let down the Buffalo Bills against the Chiefs on the road. Josh Allen did not let us down. Yeah. Let me- Josh Allen, for the first time in three years, had good playoff performances. Look what he did to the Patriots. Seven scoring drives. Look what he did to the Chiefs. If we had the ball last week, we went. I'm certain of that. And Maybe. If you guys are new Maybe. to the podcast right. and you we shall haven't, see. haven't had we Vic shall before, see. he is a Bills fan. That's why yeah, he's yeah, very it's, passionate. It's the only no, Miami it. team <laughs> that, that, that I root for. And, and I like to blame it on Jim Kelly. <laughs> from the U. From, yeah. from the yes. U. From the All because U. of him. Um, but here's, to go back on Tua, this is what I'm going to say about Tua. Yes, it's his third year. Make a break. Right, you know what Josh Allen did, in and his everybody, third year? yeah, he made it, but you guys didn't win. No, he played for the AFC Championship, but you lost. That's fine. Okay, and then but two has yet to make but, the playoffs. But homie, what so I'm, I'm saying, as I'm is saying this. what we got back to, if he doesn't make the playoffs, there's some good quarterbacks he was, he coming was out. One yeah, away, Vic, he was Vic, one, Vic, one win away Vic, from this is my point. He was one win away from making the playoffs this year, and that was after starting the year hurt. And he went getting the hurt bed. in the second game, and he went the bed. I just want to throw that out there. Like, didn't just wet the bed, like. It was soaking wet. But look against your former again, dog. You're, 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 you're missing. Good you're missing the point. You're missing the point. I get passionate. J- yeah, <laughs> big time. You, you're missing the Clip point. It. Bills. The Bills were in a much better situation. Much better situation when they drafted Josh Allen and the moves that they made immediately oh, to I, pack to. I don't know about to that. promote I mean, they, they, him. I don't know about right. That. I don't know if we were in a better. And situation. I tell you why. Yeah, bro, absolutely, Vic. Because and, and, this. And hold on, remember, hold Josh on. Allen. Let me, hear me out. Hear me out. Sure. I'll tell you why. Because Coach Flo was uh, was up in the air. He was an incumbent court, uh, coach. Uh, the GM was up in the air. So the owner, the owner was up in there. The whole entire franchise was pretty much. in not, I don't want to say shambles, but there was a lot of question marks everywhere. And we're talking about five years ago. 
You know what you're, I mean? You're also we, talking we, about a Bills team who prior so, to, to drafting Josh Allen, yeah, they made it with with Tyrod Taylor. But even then, but prior to that, they hadn't made it since 1999. I get it. And the and the class of the of the East was the Patriots. You know what I mean? So to tie back to the Tua thing, yeah, he has to swing or swim this year, and I'm sure he knows that. The Dolphins know that because if not, they wouldn't have made all these moves. You don't go get Tyreek Hill and and all these other pieces and whatnot to say, hey, look, here's the keys to the fer- Ferrari. Go for it. And if, if you can make it, great. But if you crash it, guess what? I got a local boy right here, Teddy B, ready to go. And I don't and, know. And play if you can't hang. I don't know. So moving Tua, forward, we don't need to go get a franchise quarterback right now. You drafted a quarterback. Too, we dra- right, but that guy's a nobody. It's seventh round. I of don't know. Project. It, it look, right now, and this is the home random in me. This is the... The, the one who saw Teddy Bridgewater play at Northwestern um, and saw him play exceptionally well. And then at Louisville and what he did to Miami at Louisville, not once but, but, but twice. Um, I don't know if Tua is better than Teddy Bridgewater. I through, think he is. Through all that Teddy Bridgewater has been through. Mm. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater took the Vikings to the playoffs and got hurt. Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, had the Denver Broncos at 5-1 and one last year before he gets hurt. I don't know if I'm running... He should be. He was. He came with you know all the attributes, and you expect Tua to be the franchise guy. I don't know if that's a hot Teddy, take there, Vic. Yeah, yeah, I, man, yeah, yeah. I, And I've been saying it. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater listen sits and plays backup because he didn't come here to be a backup. He's saying all the right things in the media, but when he probably asked, came here to get a check and be home. No, he didn't. Jacoby Brissett did that. If he wanted a, if Teddy he wanted a, but, uh, here but, but he let me tell you again, things. again, a better team that he was on was the Saints, and he didn't. He could have stayed at the Saints, but he got Drew Brees, and when he did play with the Saints, he only lost one game as a starter. Exactly, so he could have stayed there. Win. That's what I'm saying. He could have stayed there. He could have gone to a bunch of other teams. He didn't stay there. Also, better position he didn't stay than there because the Drew Brees decided to not retire. It's not like so he, he got, bolted for a, a, a starting spot. Yeah, but he chose to go back up Drew Brees instead of starting for us. He chose that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, so, so what I'm saying is, if he wanted the starting spot, he could have had it anywhere. Yeah, well, anywhere. no, he could have had it with us three years. Not ago only here, anywhere. Him. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that he didn't come in here with the intentions to not take to a spot, but he knows that I wouldn't be surprised. He's not QB one day one starts a couple games and more than a only couple if games. two is hurt. I'll tell you this much: I'm two way hurt. more confident if Tua does get hurt this year. I'm way more confident having Teddy no in there than yeah. Jacoby Brissett. For I, sure. I'm saying I don't know if it's just because Tua gets hurt. Listen. I could definitely see Teddy Bridgewater starting a couple over him. Maybe a more healthy than a Tua. Yeah. Nah, you yeah. see, you're tripping, dog. But All yeah, right. maybe well, that's the home run. Nah, maybe, we gotta maybe, move on. We gotta move that's on. The but blue and yellow that <laughs> I love. You're tripping. You're tripping. The Northwestern. You're tripping. You're tripping. But we gotta move on. But you're tripping. We shall see. Like I've been telling you. We, we shall see. see. Um, real Love quick, Vic, let's cover this boxing match between Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez this past yeah, weekend, man. bro. Uh, was award? that fight in Vegas? It was in Vegas. It was at the MGM Grand, one of my favorite venues at, at Las Vegas. Been to Mandalay, been to T-Mobile. Been, Were you been there? To Thomas and Max Center. This past weekend? Yes. Damn right I was. If it's a big-time fight, man, I'm there. I'm in uh, Vegas. What did you think of the fight? I saw it at home. Um, I thought that Valdez showed a lot of heart. And Stevenson showed a lot of boxing skills, which, you know, Valdez, Mexican style, stood there, absorbed a lot of punches and offered what he could back. But he really didn't seem like he could control the fight or, or find any rounds. Um, Shakur looked really good, as a matter of fact. And we saw him play fight l- lesser opponents. Right. And it was really good to see him step up to the challenge of a guy like Valdez. Look, I've been watching Shakur Stevenson for quite some time, been covering him 
personally for, for a long time, uh, since 2016. I had the privilege of, of working on the 2016 Rio Olympics. That's where I first saw Shakur Stevenson. Um, extremely impressive. There was a reason why Floyd Mayweather fight, fight, uh, excuse me, flies out to Brazil to attend the Olympics because he was the more, most sought-out guy in those Olympics. Nice. Everyone anticipated, hey, man, the United States are going to capture their first gold since 1996, since when Andre Ward did it in Atlanta. Shakur Stevenson gave them that best shot. He was that good in the Olympics. He was that good as an amateur. What happens in 2016? He runs into Robesi Ramirez out of Cuba. Everybody knows the Cuban boxer and the amateurs in the Olympics. It's hard to beat. But to put it into perspective, Robesi Ramirez wins the gold medal in 2016. A lot of people you ask, who is Robesi Ramirez? They don't know. Shakur Stevenson, who won silver, is already not just... Holds a WBC, holds a WBO. They were fighting for the ring, and beats an undefeated Oscar Valdez. Mm. A warrior, to, not just beats him, drops him in the six. Yep. What looked like to be a slip, you go back, and that's a that's it's a, a, knockdown. a knockdown. It was a knockdown, legit knockdown. I mean, I gave Oscar two rounds, and I thought I was being friendly because I'm friendly with Oscar. So I gave him the first round, thinking, "Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Oscar." I like Oscar Valdez. I've had. You know, we, we exchanged text messages. I wished him a good luck prior before the fight. Did We couldn't speak afterwards. You didn't want to speak to, to the media. I'm a big fan of Oscar Valdez. I'm friends with Oscar. Shakur Stevenson, I wasn't surprised with the outcome. I, I did think Shakur Stevenson was going to win. There was a reason why he was a big favorite. The Mexican style does not bold well against the African-American fighter. And not in championship fights. Uh, and just in, in period. In styles, styles make fight, as cliche as that sounds. Styles make fights, and the Mexican fighter has a tough time when it comes to facing an African-American. With that said, I thought Oscar Valdez would have done more. Mm. Didn't throw enough punches. I thought the right hand was there for Oscar consistently. He couldn't reach. I didn't think a two-inch reach advantage would play such a, such dividends in the Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez fight. It did. Shakur knew what he was doing. He kept that jab, even at times, you know, breaking a little bit of the rules and just keeping that jab stiff in his face. Like double jabbing. He did a lot of double jabbing where he would just throw him back to back. Boom, boom, boom. And you would look at the corner and Eddie Reynoso had, Eddie Reynoso to me is the best trainer in the game right no, now. No, he is. They had no answer. But talking to him in San Diego when I saw Oscar Valdez a few weeks back in April, he said it. He's the one that told me, you know, it's well known. We do struggle with African-Americans. I was like, yeah, damn right you do. I mean, yeah. But I didn't anticipate that happening. I will say, look, and, and I told this to, to my talent in Vegas prior to, to doing our West Coast update for, for the fight. I know what it's going to sound like. You're playing the result. Um, but I was in, in, in San Diego. I did see, I, I did attend on a Wednesday that it just happened to be Oscar Valdez's sparring day. I saw him spar a couple guys that wear works, like one fresh boxer will spar for three rounds, and they bring in somebody fresh for three to six, and they bring in another freshman. Um, and I saw some guys tag up Oscar in ways that I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. He's still there and took it, dog, the whole fight. Because I've seen a lot of sparring in my day. L- luckily, they allow me to. They normally don't allow folks into sparring. I've seen a lot. I've never seen Canelo lose a sparring match. I've never seen uh, locally Xander Cyrus to keep it local to my dude. Shout out to Xander, 13-0, fighting on June 11th in, in Madison Square Garden. I've never seen him lose in sparring. There, there's quite a few guys. Never seen, you Have you ever seen... Made with his sparring partners, the way they come out, yeah, all bloody, 
bloody, and, bloody. and Floyd comes out with bloody gloves. So who was it that got dropped recently by his sparring partner before a fight? Wasn't it Joshua? Anthony Joshua. Yeah, Great that, point. That's crazy. Great point. Anthony Joshua gets dropped prior to the Andy Ruiz fight. There's a lot fight. of questions around Then they him. want to blame it like, oh, he wasn't recovered from oh, that. that. That's an excellent point. Uh, a brilliant point to be made. It's just sparring tells you a little bit. And I saw Oscar and I was like, man, and Oscar was coming from a lackluster performance. So it was already weighing on me. And but Shakur impressed. Shakur did impress. He impressed. Shakur, Shakur is proved he's he's here to stay. I just I would worry about his immaturity because something in the post fight press conference we're there and all of a sudden oh shit you know, that's there's right. a brawl that breaks out right outside the the, the post conference within media the room, family within the family and Crazy. Shakur the the way I I phrase I pointed it and and why I see it as immaturity because I understand man we've all been kids you know and there's fight going on you see your old girl getting into it you know with no, first you're gonna run is, everybody's man, that's, gonna run that's the old girl right I got to run out there and I get it one I don't blame Shakur I blame his family two you are sitting next to your boss the legendary Bob Arum greatest boxing promoter to me in my opinion of all time you're sitting next to your boss. And you're on a press conference. You have holding just become. You have just had the biggest night of your career, holding, holding your belts. belts he throw them and down. You and you run, run out of that press conference. No, he threw them down. He threw them down. To and go he take ten. Off. So you may be on the verge of becoming this multi-millionaire because Top Rank is ready to invest in you, and you show your immaturity yeah. by running out. Yeah. And on top of that, your family lets you down by doing what they did, acting like a fool, acting like a fool on his biggest night. And it's just, it was sad to see. Especially the, after he won. It, yeah, it's it, it was sad. That's, that's selfish. That's a selfish move. It you was know what extremely I mean? like, sad to see the way that night ended for Shakur because um, it, it should have been, you know, and a lot of people didn't see that. If you didn't, if you don't follow. It's on Twitter. Boxing you can, like that. You will but, find it on Twitter. But it was, it was weird to see. But Shakur, man, he, he, he has impressed. solidified himself in that weight class. I think he's, he's. No, he's the best. Who knows how division. far he can go, man? He could probably end up, <clears throat> excuse me, being a good one forty seven there once he gets way older, like maybe five years down the road. Yeah, it's gonna take some time to get. You up know, there. but it's gonna take some his time skills to get are built for that division because he can he can really bang. He likes to bang. He can really bang the smart way while he can hit and yeah, avoid man, a lot he, of the big he took punches. Some shots, man. He, he, he did. took. You know, he never. I don't think he ever got caught. You know, flush. But he took some shots. He did, and it will. Hey, he didn't put himself in a situation no, where, like, look. Again, Okay. Devin Haney got rocked by Jorge Linares, and and we didn't see that happen to so and and what was Devin Haney's biggest fight at the moment with Jorge Linares? He gets rocked. He was, I mean, he was beating Jorge Linares bad, but still found himself in a situation where he got rocked. You never saw Shakur Stevenson hurt. We did. And well, no, not not up to that point. He took some shots, but never, never in a never point like where that. like man. Oscar Valdez can knock this guy nah, out. Nah. Again, a very impressive performance by Stevenson. He he deserved to win the fight handily. It was a unanimous decision yeah. right across the board. Um, and a great night for boxing overall because, again, a really young champion. Besides that one mishap after the fight, was impressive and handled himself good and showed respect to his opponent and, and really and, handled it And before it well. we move on, what you, you mentioned a great night for boxing. And, and I, I would not... I would hate myself if I came on here and I didn't mention when you bring up Great Night for Boxing, what happened in New York with Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. That is going to go down as of right now, as of May 2nd today, Monday, when we're recording this podcast. I know we're only five months in, but that is the fight of the year. And it was women 
headlining Madison Square Garden for the first time in the history of Madison Square, yep. Square Garden. Packed house. And, and women making millions of dollars. Yep. I'm being told I don't... I, I, can't confirm well, no, eventually, Can't confirm it. Amanda Serrano made over a million dollars. Put that into perspective. Put that into perspective. UFC There's a lot of anything. UFC fighters, a lot of UFC champions don't make over $500,000 per fight. Yep. What Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor, what they did for women, women's boxing, proved, hey, we can go three rounds. We shouldn't be going ten, uh, two-minute two rounds. We should go 12 rounds for championship fights. We can fight past 12. We shouldn't just be doing 10. What they did to showcase that, I bring it up because that was a more entertaining fight than what was going on in Vegas, and I wish I was in Madison Square Garden as opposed to being in Vegas. Right, see, watching history be made. Because for sure. what they for did, sure. man, um, and crazy. I know that's not what we were touching on, and I know it's we have kind of moving up. But I'd be, I, I wouldn't, you know. No, there's always room for women. No, I wouldn't be comfortable with myself and, and, and if I bring that up because uh, what they did for out. women's boxing, being a girl dad, huge like, that's man. Just, it was huge. impressive, man, and they deserve some props. Huge, oh, yeah. man, absolutely. It was an amazing fight, and, and again, it was all over ESPN. You can catch the highlights on the YouTube. Final thirty seconds. It was a oh, yeah, war. It was a war. Seconds. It was a war. Wow. It was a war. And you guys got to go see that and support that. Um, Vic, real quick for our betters out there, tell everybody what round Canelo's gonna knock out Bivol in this weekend. Look, man, I, I couldn't <laughs> sleep last night. No, I'm just saying, it's going to happen. So, <laughs> uh, I couldn't sleep last night. I, I was just up. Uh, so I can't sleep. So what do I do? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a weird individual. I start studying. And I was like, man, let me look at, you know, Dimitri um, Bivol's record. And obviously, I know his record, 19-0-11 knockouts. Um, but I just want to start watching some highlights and then, you know, start comparing. That way, I, I, I'm, I'm going to work. I got to prepare myself and I, I got to be ready for what I anticipate happening. And I started noticing... Bivol has a nice straight right. I mean, it is, it puts folks, you know, it hurts folks. He doesn't have that many knockouts, 11 knockouts in 19 fights. Um, so I'm looking straight right, straight right, straight right. And I'm thinking, and then I start thinking back to my time in San Diego in April. And when I spent time with, with Canelo and I go back and I start looking at the videos and what they were working on. And I'm like, straight right. And I noticed Canelo has been working on this. I'm dodging it. And he wasn't showing too much because they're smart. You know, there's va- video cameras and, and there's phones. But they show a little bit, and I'm thinking, man, considering his record, what he did to Billy Joe Saunders with the right uppercut, uh, destroying his orbital bone, Billy Joe Saunders in Dallas in front of 73,000. And I think the only reason Caleb Plant lasted as long as he did in the 11th was he because he boxed. You know, Caleb Plant is, is a boxer. Uh, yeah, sure. And then putting together the... The resume that Dimitri comes in with, and it's not as great as Billy Joe Saunders. Of course it's not. not near Caleb plan. Plant. I'm thinking, man, he Canelo can avoid that that straight right, either catch him with the right uppercut, overhand right, and I'm thinking between seven and nine. Seven. By the time the fight gets around, I'll probably be able to, you know, put something. Check the. I'm gonna. Sport. I'm gonna price his right him. <laughs> I'm gonna go round six. Oof, that's, that's a solid round. six. I, I'm worried about the round six because Canelo at times tends to. He started off slow with Billy Joe too. Yeah, he's gonna uh, give Caleb him a show, Plant, you know. Yeah, Caleb Plant. He he, tend, he has this tendency. I saw the other game who he knocked out in, in two rounds, but that was let's not even get to that. That guy. prices right. You didn't I'm belong. Go <laughs> he didn't belong in the ring with Canelo, but um, I, I just see later round knockouts for Canelo between seven nine. Um, I mean, he he took Caleb Plant to eleventh, and I don't think he had any business seven or nine. Let the betters know. Let's go seven. Seven it is. Seven. I'm going to go eight just in case. <laughs> seven, eight. I'm going to hedge go. my bet. I'm going to hedge my bet. I'm going to hedge my bet. We're covering um, the ball right there. You know who else I'm putting my money on? The Panthers. Oof. 
putting my money on the Panthers. They're 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 facing the first round opponent in the playoffs starting tonight. tonight. Uh, you guys listening are listening to this, to this yep. uh, against Washington at home, uh, seven thirty puck drops, and they went two and one. Let's get it out. Me. Get it out. Yeah, gotta get out. They went two and one against Washington this year on the ice, and they were close games. Every game yep. was decided by one goal. It was five yep. four in overtime, then four three, and then five four again. Um, but the big key in that is that Ovechkin is going to be out. He's, he's going to miss some time in the series. That's and huge. He's the heart and soul of that team. Granted, they're a good team. They're not a great team like the Panthers are, and they don't have as much depth as. No, they but it's do. big. Ovechkin had four goals in the three games that they played. Yep. Um, He's on the verge of, of breaking some Wayne Gretzky records that that you would think were We're untouchable, impossible. I've heard of, of Wayne. You know, I didn't, I'm not a big hockey fan. I didn't watch a lot of Wayne Gretzky, but I know who he is. And you know, working closely with with the Panthers flagship station, you hear of of how great he was and, and the things. But um, the Panthers, they're doing it's, it. It's well known, man. Like it's a 26 year playoff series win drought. Yeah. Like that is the most in the NHL, and, and they're well aware of that. And then the the Capitals, they have all the experience. They still have nine players on their on their roster from that 2018 Stanley Cup championship. We don't have any Many players, players on, on the roster with Stanley Cup ex- championship experience. Well, but we do got four guys with 30 goals and another six guys with double digits. You know what I mean? So it's something that we've talked about on the podcast a lot. How I think offensive we do, I think we do have power. Stanley Cup experience now with Giroud, don't we? There is. Yeah, I, I, just don't, I, I don't think there's any Stanley Cup there's not, winning. There's not 20 guys on the, right, on the roster, right. a coach, and yeah. you know what I mean? There's not none of that, but like no, we're yeah, but, up there. But we... We've been following them closely all year. We've been, you know, keeping people. We've, you know, posted and and what's going on with them. And this is the team. This is a team that's resilient. This is a team that is pissed off at what happened last year with that first round exit against the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep. This yep. is a team that has clawed back. No pun intended. Multiple on multiple occasions this season and won like that in overtime, just seconds into overtime because they they just needed to get that extra gear going. And once they're there, there's nobody catching them. What I'm so glad you mentioned that, bro, because they're they actually want to have the highest win percentage when it comes to trailing after two goals. Four hundred. Uh, they're four hundred and seven point four hundred and seven. Uh, winning percentage when it when they're behind in games. Yeah, there's no lead safe with the Florida. Hell no. There, there's Hell no. no. But what. What worries me about that is the NHL playoffs, the way they're set up. We, we spoke earlier about, you know, anybody could beat anybody in, Correct. in, the, in the NBA playoffs. There's no other playoff format. And they're, they're similar formats. So it's not format. But there's no other sport that in the playoffs, things are thrown out the window more so than the NHL. Game to game. Like there is. NBA gets pretty they, close. They, they, the NHL goes the longest. Within series, there's right. more, ga- more games in the NHL that go to s- the seven games. There's no more. I-, I mean, it's crazy. People had always told me this, but the NHL playoffs are some of the most exciting playoffs there is in professional oh, yeah. sports. Yeah. And just because you you won the President's Trophy and, and you had the best record coming out of the East, it doesn't mean anything because the Capitals can come in here and... Have do, more do what experience. Tampa Bay did to us last year, win the first two at home, and now we're, you now, know. I don't think they're going to do that, but you're right. I they're hope com- they don't. They're coming but, in here with that experience, you know, yes. and I think that's what you're talking about. We're another team it, that whoever we're going to face on this road to the Stanley Cup, right, they're going to have that experience in the playoffs. They're going to have a leader. And neither goalie 
you know, tells you, man, this goalie can win this game on right. his own. Because they're both known to give up goals. There's not one, I don't think one has the advantage over the other. They're very interchangeable, Big Bob and, and Spencer Knight. They're very interchangeable, and we've seen them be interchanged, right, when Big games Bob are going the, bad. the bulk of it, the bulk of the play, though. Yeah, you give I him think, the start. I think Spencer's getting more of their change-up guy. I mean, we saw what he was able to do last year, but I think Big Bob has, has played big minutes this year. He's had a lot of big saves, too. The good thing about Spencer Knight is that he always stays ready. So even in-game, yes. if Big Bob is struggling exactly. and they get down two goals three goals and they decide hey you know what we're gonna pull you we're gonna put Spencer Knight in to finish the last you know whatever period or two periods they'll do that and Spencer Knight will be ready and give the Panthers a chance to say hey you know whatever happened before me this is a fresh start let's play some defense let's get back into this game and like Vic said no game is safe when the Panthers are down they can be down three goals and it doesn't it's not gonna matter they're gonna find a way to come back you just wait just stay just stay tuned don't don't change the channel because something's gonna happen in favor of the Panthers every time and something I read today that kind of bothered me you know how about how the national media is seeing the Panthers is like they harped on that fact that they won the president's trophy with 122 points number one team cool um got that home ice advantage throughout which is we all know is super important because they have the league's best record in home ice um but you know they mentioned oh you know three of the last president cups in the last six years have gone out in the first round and the panthers got out in the first round last year but i'm like damn you know, they're not giving credit to to the job that Zito and Coach Burnett have done, right, to say, let me put I don't this- give much credit to the, the, the coaching staff. I think any coach could have taken over this team I don't and know, had similar man. success. I don't know, I think man. Th- this team is well put together. I think, yeah, the team but, but that, look, is a well That anybody could have stepped. I'm not, let's not be, you know, not anybody. Right. But I think there's a lot of coaches that probably, would have been, been right? able to take over and had the same type of success because of how well the team was put together. Correct. But here's where I'll disagree with you on this one small point. There's a lot of egos, small egos, but there's a lot of egos on that team. You have Barkov getting that big contract, right? Huber, though. Huber, though, is in line for a big contract, playing great, probably MVP category, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have a dude like Ekblad who's so pivotal to his team, but has always been missing. But every time he comes back, he's the difference maker. You got guys like Sam Reinhardt. You're making trades for centers in the middle of the season while being in contention for being the best team in the NHL. Yep. There's a lot to handle on this Panthers team. I, I don't feel you know? too disrespected by national media. The The fact is that we, we play... Our games in Sunrise, yeah. Sunrise, Florida. That's, that that hurts. That hurts. I'll, I'll it, give you not, that. Not that it hurts. I, I think it hurts nationally because you don't consider Sunrise, Florida, a hockey uh, town. It, and that's I think that's how we're viewed nationally. Like, okay, that's cute. The Florida Panthers. I think Tampa Bay Lightning were viewed the same way. Yeah. Prior to winning Stanley Cups, you haven't won a series in twenty six years. Yeah. Like you got to go out and do it. That is a long time. <laughs> you that, think so. So why should you be respected as an organization? You, I mean, you got to get not, you, maybe you not as win an a organization to begin with. Win a couple playoff series. Win three, you know, playoff series in, in, in three years. Advance to the second round, and I think then the national media start giving the Panthers some respect. But you got to right give. Now, the, I understand why. I get it, but you got to give the respect to this team, this current team. Forget about the history. This current team has accomplished a lot of great things. But you mentioned it the the, the last you know number one season. Not only they, they the, haven't had success, they haven't won the Stanley Cup. But this so team you take is that different. into consideration. We would hope. We would hope. No, I'm, no, I feel like it is because uh, like again, the injuries really have 
missed us yes. for, for the greater part of the season, right? We haven't had major injuries, minus Ekblad. Everybody else has been able to come back and be healthy for us yep. and produce, you know? So that's why I feel like, damn, this team has really good chemistry heading into the playoffs. They should be able to kill it. Um, Look, the, the last team who played a full season, won the President's Trophy, and, and won the Stanley Cup was 2008. That's right there, Bob. So you're you're talking about you're, you're asking the Panthers do that's right there, right there, right there. <laughs> you're talking about the Panthers doing something that historic at at this point. I hope they can do so. But if you want to be respected nationally, get past the Capitals, win a, a series, put that away. A hundred percent. But this is a historic team. Most wins in franchise history, most uh, points in franchise history, most goals, most this, most that. This team has a 13 game winning streak. Like you know, just last week. Very historic team that we're dealing with and we're watching with. Um, the series starts on Tuesday. Thankfully, they'll be playing on opposite sides of the Heat. So we'll get Heat Panthers, Heat yeah. Panthers, Heat Panthers. That's awesome. Makes right? it a lot easier on the buttons to playoffs, watch TV. Baby. You know, week week for Miami. Miami. Big week hey, for Miami. Big local week for Miami Huge. sports. You're going to be watching local sports I every day of the week. I will say this. I will say this before you wrap shout up. Shout out to on, the Marlins. On, on your hot. Oh, boy. We're not going to get into them too Ooh, much, but boy. shout out to the Marlins. Oh, boy. If it wasn't for the damn Mets. Oh, we're not wrapping Ooh, up. Boy. We're the not We're not. We're not. Before we wrap up on, on, on hockey, if, if that's right. what we're doing, the Panthers are putting tons of pressure on the rest of these organizations. Yes, sir. You know the Miami Heat have all the respect in the world locally and nationally, in the world nationally, and around the world because of the franchise they are and what they continue to do, we're the mom, what they're baby. doing right now. <laughs> we better Panthers, get respected. We're the, the Panthers. What they have done this season. I'm looking at you, Miami Hurricanes. Oof. I'm looking at you, Miami Dolphins. Yep. Marlins. <laughs> Marlins. Hey, but we're, even still, we're thinking of you, Marlins. Look, you know, we're funny. thinking of you, Marlins, because God knows how bad that could For go. sure. But look. But those are the two football teams. It's already a basketball town. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not crazy enough to say hockey town. But there's some pressure from Sunrise. There's some pressure coming to you from Biscayne Boulevard. Hell yeah. Listen, like, we these, might not be a hockey town, but we are a bandwagon town. Yes, and sir. if they start winning championships, oh, Papa. that bandwagon is everybody, going to be Everybody in July is going to be rocking the, the hockey jerseys. Win a Facts. series. You know? Yeah. But a lot look, of happy I, Gilmore's out on the golf course. We've said it on this podcast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be rocking a, That'll a be jersey so awesome. just, to, just to play golf. That'll be so awesome, bro. I'll join you. Um, Let's do it. With the Panthers, you know, just to kind of close out on them. We've said it on this podcast plenty of times. They are the second best franchise right now. Yeah. Right now. You look at any other franchise that's in Miami, South Florida sports, the Panthers are right there. They got a committed GM. They make moves. They invest in the team. They invest in the fans. They reach out to the fans. Doing everything that the Heat have done, great platinum status for the last 20 years. The Panthers says, oh, that's the mold. Boom, let's do it. Dolphins better, you know, keep in step. Yeah, look, man, they're I, getting I there, give them a hard they, time. But they get to keep, keep in step. There's pressure, but Dolphins are doing the right things. They're, no, they've now, made the right now, moves. Now, 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 um, now. Not in 99. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. you, and you want to think the Miami Hurricanes. Miami Hurricanes have made all the right moves, too. Yeah, you know, I'm glad so you brought up the Look at that bro. coaching staff. Look what Mario Cristobal has assembled. Bro. Look at the commitment from the boosters to pay Mario Cristobal. Bring back home. Our our son, you, you you know, you could say born and raised. Oh, yeah, Jason Taylor's on the staff. Though. Yeah, bro. Jason yeah. Taylor. When, when you have a guy like that who's just local, i.e. chilling, like, hey, you want a job, Holmes? Instead Charlie of Strong. Being uh, on the radio, you want to come? Just Charlie Strong. I saw, him at, I, was, I saw him at the spring game coaching, 
And this dude looked like he was going to have a seizure of how much he was working that sideline. The guy was just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a spring game, my dude. Take it easy. But the strength and the, 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 the ferocity that this guy coaches that defense with is like, that's the shit that I'm here for as a Hurricanes fan. Because you said it. I haven't seen a squad like this, and I wasn't even around to be a Hurricanes fan. But when you look at the history and you know the history of the Hurricanes, you look at what uh, Coach Schnellenberger was able to put in place, what Jimmy Johnson had in place as far as the rest of the coaches that were under him. Oh, yeah, we got something brewing here that could be potentially that's a, that's really a special, Excellent bro. point as well because you look at those 80s teams and just the coaches that they had on their staff. Uh, from you know Dave wants that it's just Dennis it, Erickson was a coach here, bro. Yeah, Dennis Erickson. Uh, just the, the assistant coaches that that came through those. Butch Davis. Butch Davis. Butch Davis was an assistant as well. You know, Golden. Tommy Tuberville. It's just there was a bunch of guys that were and and this one just feels like man, it's crazy the fact that Mario Cristobal was able to assemble this staff and I and I'll never forget man, in like one early year, on, bro, in months. In one year, in months, in months, he was introduced. I, I, I want to say he was introduced in, in late December. Yeah, so it's less than a year what he's been able to do and, and and put together. I have high high hopes for the Miami Hurricanes. Um, I think it's tough to win on the road week three, September seventeenth against Texas A and M, and going into that house, College Station, from one hundred five thousand folks. I think that's going to be tough. I think Clemson's going to be tough. But I do totally anticipate the Miami Hurricanes to be playing for an ACC championship game. So do I. And, you know, about that Clemson game, man, I feel I'm not saying overly confident, but I am overly confident in TVD and Tyler Van Dyke. Um, bro, everything that this I put kid something out on me, social media today, man, and it got some people hot. It gets a lot of people. What was it, the, dog? That, that north side of the state, that panhandle, man, those boys get hot. What'd you say? Put it I, out there. I think that's a top 10 pick. I think that's a top ten pick next year in the NFL draft. TVD, huh? I'm up, and that that could be Homer. I I sit down and, with and, Tyler Van Dyke on a weekly basis during the football season. It's crazy. Maybe standing up, we don't sit down. We get him right after practice. <laughs> it's not sitting down. Let me be correct. But I speak to him, and just the not arrogance, the confidence in this kid. Early on, man, we had this running joke where he felt they were better than what they should be, and then when he starts starting. Uh, he just starts every week. It's he start he starts to pile up wins, and he's like, "Hey Vic, we should be four and one. Hey Vic, we should be five and one. Hey Vic, I thought told you we should be six and one. Hey Vic, we could score on any team in the ACC." And I'm thinking, bro, dude, you're nuts. Like, calm down, <laughs> relax, freshman. And he just every week it's something new. Every week it's like we can, you know, Rooster can run with anyone. I got the best wide receiver in the ACC, and that's just the confidence he has in himself. And his guys. Right team. now, he holds. He has the longest streak in the country for over 300 yard games. I think that ends obviously on September 3rd against Bethel Cookman. Because why would he be playing in the second quarter? But he can put up a 300 real quick. You can do half. that in the first. In a half. You can do Jesus, it in the first. A little like, half. Give him the half. He's not going to play the half because it's going to be out of control. And you want to get the half to break the record. You got to keep the streak gonna, alive, baby. I don't think he plays past. I don't think he plays mid into the run second quarter. Bands, but Listen, Cookman. we haven't been able to run it up on anybody. We'll see. We'll we see need how to good run it is. up. 
We need to run it up. Give me a 72 to 0 and let ESPN be like, damn, Miami has no class again. Yes, we don't. He's <laughs> got to play the whole Those games are boring, man. Those games are boring on the radio, I, it's man. Boring for I remember them. the 77 boring, to 0 Savannah hey. State game. Like, Eat a are... sandwich, Vic. They, they feed you good enough up there, bro. Eat a sandwich, man. Hit the mini ball. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for Tyler Van Dyke, man. I'm and, excited and for the, this team. And the, the running backs are back. Yeah. Healthy I'm not again. worried about the offense. The, the, the offense has no issues. The defense is what scares me a bit. I do think we have a secondary that can bang with anyone some head you don't want to go up against those they will take your head off but i'm worried about the linebacker position i'm worried about the defensive line mm. um there's not I don't, enough depth I, there i don't think this defense is set yet i think there's a couple guys that may be coming in the transfer portal we'll see um when you ask coach i don't think he gives it away but when he you ask him you know when he asks him about the deal he goes we're good that means we're not good <laughs> and, but, but to his credit I think, like you said, he's done an amazing job in the short time that he's been in charge, and he has taken advantage of the portal. He got, he was Ooh. able to lock in some guys, some offensive There's no line guys. Recruiter in the country, right? There's no like, come on. He's been able to flip guys, not only that in recruiting, but also be able to get guys to help that offensive line, which was a major need for the offense, and really shore that up, bring in some depth, have some guys who can compete, and he's able to do it through the portal. Vic alluded to it right now. He's still working through that portal. He's because never not working. You, you're gonna find. Gen- we, we opened this this podcast talking about work ethic. That guy's Man. crazy. He's crazy. That dude is insane. And you hear the rumors and you hear the reputation. When you witness it firsthand, he wasn't, it wasn't more than half an hour because he had to attend a bunch of like interviews and pictures and stuff. But the moment he walks in into like where the office offices are in the Miami Hurricanes practice facility, it turns into recruiting. Immediately, I see the, him have a conversation with Demarcus out, Van Dyke, and it's just immediately just talking recruiting, and you realize this is insane. This man does not stop. You better be able to match that intensity, whether you're a coach or a player, because he is never not working. How you do anything is how you do everything. That is his his, his quote. That is what what he lives by. And brother, he, everything he does, he kills it. Is adult beyond 100. It is 120, 150. He never stops. I don't know when he sleeps. I don't know when he bus. has time for, for, for family or, or because it seems like he is always working. And if that's the message, if that's what's going to be relayed to the rest of the team, which I hear it is, it is. I hear the, the, the you know, there. there's a lot of coaching going on. There's a lot of fourth quarter programs that, that are changing the way this team was. Um, it's no longer that player coach that, you know, I'm going to call to you and it's you're going to be held accountable for for your things. And I think, look, man, and we we, we talked about the NFL draft. Mm. What happened with the Miami Hurricanes program in this NFL draft, the fact that they did not have a player selected until the seventh round seventh when John round. Ford get, gets picked up. That is embarrassing. You could be Texas who didn't have anybody drafted, which is bad. Yes. And, we're, and we're right there, though. We're right there. You and you're talking about two historic pro- programs. Programs, Texas, big time. That needs to be the big fact in college that football. Miami doesn't have, and I thought Charleston Ramble had a spot somewhere. I thought Bubba Bolden had a spot me somewhere. Too. But that shows the homer in me that I thought, so national folks don't think they belong on a team. No, the NFL and, doesn't believe and they that, belong. And that's almost embarrassing because it would have ruined a 48-year streak. Uh, they, they made 48 years this year with having players selected, at least one player selected in the draft, right. that would have been embarrassing to have that end. And it almost did because 
It didn't happen till the seventh round. It didn't happen till the final yeah. round. Fi- last final day, day. The last day. And and, but but I think that, that, that that's why it's so big. Like the, and I understand why the criticism I'm getting on on social media because how do you go from not having one player selected to all of a sudden having one guy taken in, in the first ten of of a draft? But I do think I, I have. A, I'm a firm believer in Tyler Van Dyke, and I think you have to be like. Why? I think I'm a, I'm a I'm a not only am I a big believer in him, I'm a big believer in the rest of the coaching staff. The rest of the the rest of the coaching staff. It's not just Crystal Ball. It's everybody. It's the offensive coordinators, the running backs coach, like we talked about. Um, the, your dude from UCF, like oh yeah, Kevin Smith. Yes, like it's a plethora of coaches there, and all that means is that the responsibility level, like Vic said, has gone from a six. To a twelve, not That's even a ten. It's a twelve, and you have to bring be responsible for not only your conditioning, your studying, your playmaking, your consistency, your able, your ability to learn the playbook. Like all of that is going to be held accountable, and I think that in itself is going to make a huge difference. We're gonna we're not going to be in bullshit games against Bethune Cookman. We're not going to be struggling to beat Central a Louisville Michigan. team or something like that, you know, or a Duke team State. or North Carolina. Or any one of them, you know, any one of those. That because that one, that's just <laughs> That's why I brought it up. And, t- and, and TVD did, did you know he did through that best. interception. In, but he's learning on the job. The five. But he's learning on the job at right. that point. You know what I mean? I don't see those mistakes happening this, this coming year. Season. I don't see it. Not with the intensity not, that not Cristobal as, has. And, there's still going to be coaches. mistakes to be made. But I think that he's going to be able to bounce back. He's had this season now where he he didn't even play the full season. Nope. Eric King was I think the hot the, shit at the start of the season. I think Tanner the schedule stepped also, into that. You know, favorable. That. It's favorable. I, I think you you know Virginia Tech has a new coach. Uh, you Virginia has a new, a new coach. Um, you got FSU at home. Um, you have Pittsburgh at home with no Kenny Pickett. You have yep. North Carolina yep. with no Sam Very Howell. Very favorable. Um, That's why the ACC so is right there. It's really, I, I see it's why reach. people say they're playing in the ACC championship game. It's in. Um, it's within reach. But if it's against Clemson, that's going to be it's going to be rough. We know what that. Uh, and I, and we I know think, what it's like to go up to Bank of America Stadium sheesh, play against don't Clemson. Bring that shit that's up, a home man. field that's advantage for Clemson. Memories it's a whole I different have, year, brother. Oh, but anything anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. And even if you lose in the ACC championship game, hell, we made it in twenty third and and. When, when was it 2013 when we lost in 2017 yeah you're still we an made orange it full team we yep. made it you we can made still it. play in the orange we made it we made uh, it so i i expect a, a a successful year for the Miami hurricanes and mario Chris we 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 we're gonna be there for it bro us three are gonna be there for it yeah, i have absolutely. no choice <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice. unless i don't want to get unless, no and no. you know what we have to give a quick shout out before we wrap up the the podcast we have to give a quick shout out to Mar- uh un baseball bro number two in the yeah. nation right now they just lost a series against a tough series uh i think they lost it two to one um but they're gonna be back home playing soon at mark uh alex Mark Rodriguez, Light. yeah, aka Rodriguez Mark Light. Um, but uh, yeah, great baseball team, great baseball program. Finally, getting back into that prestige level Look, of, man, of we, high. We talked le- about baseball, Miami you know? as a city. Let's talk about the University of Miami uh, program, athletics, yeah, an crazy. elite eight team, yeah, a, a, an elite eight team in men's and women's and, and women's too. Yep. Baseball teams doing their thing. They had great success in tennis. And and the football team, soccer I, is really good for women's soccer. The team women's is soccer doing, team is doing really well too. So again, this is UM athletic the program. program is yeah, the ass. program is showing that they're dedicating um the, a commitment to excellence in in sports with hiring the athletic director that that comes over from from Clemson. Um, 
it's just you're enjoying what you're seeing at the University of Miami. También the money showed up because the money was hidden on the rocks yeah, somewhere. Dog. The money was that, hidden on the rocks, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we can get crystal ball. Where all that's coming from? Hey, let's get these millions of dollars going. I don't know where it came from, but it came. Hey, when you need it, it'll it's state county style. You know don't baby. don't tell a Hispanic he doesn't have money. Hey, he right? will show you real quick how much money we have. We well, just want to waste it. Huh? Who do I make the check out That's to? That's right. Don't cash it for three days. It's a commitment, man. It's a commitment to athletics. It's a commitment to to the university and and what we're known for. Absolutely. And and it's just it's fun to see. It's it's finally there. What well, we were knocked. Look and Kirk, shout out to Kirk Herbstreit. I, I was no, upset he when, when he made the comment on College Game Day and, us, and the reaction right. it got. But he was right though. It, it made our guys say, "Wait a minute." Um, we do have the money in it, and the college game has changed. It just it's big business Shit, now. We're seeing Look, that with that Isaiah NIL. Wong, yeah, and and we're we're seeing that all over college football, and that's this is what it's going to take. So you know, shout out to everyone out there who Making made it. that possible because it's not just on the football program, man. We we saw it on the the basketball side with both women and men, as we mentioned, and baseball's holding their own. So yeah, they really really are, really exciting times all around the city of Miami. And, and Coral Gables is holding their own. It's a good thing for college sports. It's a good thing for Miami local sports because yeah. they're really backed up behind a lot of good investors. There's a lot of money down here, like Joel was saying, alluding to. Um, like, it's really good, and it's going to bode well and really carry the UN program athletically moving forward in that direction where we're accustomed to seeing them, right? Being nationally regarded and being in the con- con- uh, competition in order to achieve championships, in that sport, you know, in whatever sport it is. Um, Vic, bro, thank you so much, God, my brother, dog, boys, for bro. coming in I, this building and joining us. Appreciate um, y'all for the invite, man, and, and always uh, welcome me on. This is your show. home, dog. Um, it, it's it's a pleasure to see what you two are doing. Um, I know when you try to do something new, I, I know what comes with that. I know the looks you get. I know the, the talk that comes behind it. I know the negativity and the doubt, man. Um, so... Kudos to both of you. Mad respect for y'all boys continuing to do this um, because nothing happens overnight, man. No, sir. So keep it up, man. Proud of y'all boys. Appreciate Thank that, you. man. And thanks again for everything you do and hooking up the fans and giving them that insider and that access that they don't normally get, bro. Joel, I think it's time to wrap this up, dog. Let's do it, baby. Hit my, no, hit my soundtrack, fool. Um, man, we got to tell all the listeners thank you so much for tuning in. I know we went a little bit long, but it's a lot of great content. You can continue to get great content on the Sports with Social Media Network. Go check it out. Check out my man Vic Bermudis on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Always, if you need UM Insider, follow this guy on Twitter. I promise you, you're gonna get more information than you can handle. Anything. You know what I mean? This guy, anything away? Yeah, man, absolutely. News, I don't break news, especially with the hurricanes, guys. Trust me, um, Joel. <laughs> Let's tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more yeah, friend, same, man. Baby. Go check us out, baby. We're getting this podcast done. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.